Well, welcome once again to Legacy Leadership Alliance. I am Bishop Sean Cooper, and I tell you it's a joy to share with you here on Legacy Leadership Alliance. Legacy Leadership Alliance is a podcast dedicated to emerging generations and thought leaders for legacy transference in the marketplace, educational systems, and religious institutions. Legacy Leadership Alliance four points of light are mentorship, PK Alliance, and pastoral infrastructure. Well, blessings. I'm very, very excited. Uh, to be with you here on Legacy Leadership Alliance, you know, always. And, you know, it's been a space of time, but I'm glad I'm, I'm able to cut out some time so I can talk to you about leadership, leaders, leaders. But specifically, I want to pick up where I left off last, uh, the last podcast, as I was talking about transition. Everybody is in transition. Either God is uh, provoking you to be fully engaged or he, you're in realignment, reassignment or replacement. Realignment, reassignment or replacement as it relates to leadership. And I'm telling you, God is trying to bring order. And I want to uh, elaborate on this realignment piece because I think it's essential going forward as leaders. You know, realignment is simply putting things back into order. Whatever's been out of joint, God is putting it back in order. That's our marriage, our finances, the way we see ministry, um, the way that we build our business. You know, I have a principle that states freedom without boundaries is bound for abuse. If you have too much freedom and there are not boundaries, it is bound for abuse. Okay. It's out of position. When we define realignment, it means bringing that thing back into the boundaries of God's grace, God's order, God's purpose. So because of, I think, the friction of leadership noise and the distractions of dust, right? And that dust could be, um, you know, financial pressure. It can be issues in the marriage. It could be uh, the pressure of deadlines and constant being overworked and all of these things can push us out of the boundaries and we start functioning as leaders off of nervous energy and impulse and not principle and God's got to come around just like you realign a car or a truck that's out of alignment God's got to come back around and begin to uh, set those boundaries again because once again freedom without uh, freedom without boundaries is bound for abuse if you have too much freedom and you lack boundaries and, and accountability, I'm telling you, eventually things will get out of alignment. So this is the season that God is bringing alignment back to leadership, realignment, the, the set tone by which God has created, God has ordered, and God has sanctioned. So I think that we are experiencing experiencing uh, Hebrews 12 and 27. Uh, the scripture said, yet once again, it indicates removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made. In order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. The scripture is saying, God's going to shake up everything that can be shaken. And then that which remain becomes solid. 
the Lord is after solid pastors, solid associate pastors, solid single pastors, solid five-fold ministry, a solid uh, ministry that's in the community with strong leadership, right? So what the scripture indicates is that so he got to shake stuff up, not just so that he can see, because God already know what's what need to be nailed down. He already know what need to be realigned, but a lot of times we don't know. Just like washing clothes, you know, it's that friction. It's that friction, that cycle that's turning and and beating up against uh, that that cloth and whatever's the dirt in it, the, the water and the detergent gets in it and washes it away. But it cannot truly be washed thorough. So it is the constant cycle and friction that ultimately gets to purity. So there are a few things that I believe what God is doing in terms of realignment. One thing he's doing is restoring trust, trust that has been broken. We need strong trust in leadership, whether you have a corporation, especially when we talk to marriage and ministry, there's got to be trust, okay? And trust is built on evidence of accountability, trust. When we say trust, trust is uh, built because you're trustable. I mean, you've done something in the personal experience that brought evidence to your trust and it secured your trust. But often, uh, trust can be broken in leadership, in, in a uh, corporation, in a marriage or uh, ministry. The, the staff doesn't trust the leader or the, st- the leader doesn't trust the associate pastor and it's just broken trust. Trust has to be realigned in order for that unit of leadership to be functional and impactful. Trust is mandatory. My wife and I been married for 37 years. Well, the stability and the strength of our marriage is going to be based upon the foundation of trust. Okay? Of course, we know the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But Well, all of that is built upon the evidence of trust. The reason why we can trust the Lord because he's proven himself to be accountable and consistent. And so that dynamic of trust have to be showcased within the unit of a staff, the unit within a team. Trust, trust. When trust is built, success is inevitable. However, when you have broken trust, then you're going to have some real problems with going forward because suspicion, disunity, and uncertainty simply undermines or even rob that unit or that organization or that team. I have a principle that states unbelief disqualifies remarkable events. In other words, you know, when, when there's unbelief in the culture, in the team, it disqualifies remarkable events. The reason why... Um, the disciples were so impactful. The Bible says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he says, Peter, you are a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the very gates of hell. He, he 
qualifies Peter. The scripture qualifies the disciples. And as they walked in that unity, that had, they had access to the power of progression, success, because they were united and there was a faith in the culture that could not be denied. And remember, when Jesus died, they scattered. They were out of alignment. But then the Lord appeared to them, right? And when they were at Peter's house and he, he just appeared, walked through the wall, you may say. Um, and he was reaching for them and dealing with them because he knew he had to bring them back to unity. They were out of alignment. And the Bible said he breathed upon them the Holy Spirit so that they could be refreshed in their unity. They can be realigned in their purpose so that uncertainty and unbelief will not disqualify them. And, you know, their faith in God will be reaffirmed and reignited and purpose will be fulfilled. Realignment is very, very significant. So not only uh, restore trust, but also the removal of complacency and stagnation. Now, I think that's really, really significant in leadership uh, that God help, help us to get realigned or aligned so that we can remove complacency and stagnation. That is an issue in leadership, especially when it comes to uh, leadership staff, because you can't become complacent. That results in stagnation. Every pastor need to get their staff together and really start dealing with them, especially after COVID, on complacency and stagnation. Now that we're coming back to church, we're not as defined as we once were because we've been out of practice, right? And a laziness can get up on us that we can become complacent. You know, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, wherefore seeing we also have compassed about a, such a great cloud of witnesses. We talk about Moses and Daniel and Abraham. Those are the witnesses. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Moses set a, uh, a tone. Abraham set a tone in leadership in Daniel. These people were uh, incredibly on their job, right? Their call, their mission. There was no complacency. There was no st uh, stagnation. And so um, I think that God, in fact, I don't think I know for a fact that he's dealing with those that surround the leader and, and even the leader uh, him, himself or maybe a female where he's dealing with us about complacency. We got to be realigned back to the passion, back to the course, back to the pattern which the Lord has set. And that's why the scripture says we, uh, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. So Abraham set the tone. Daniel set the tone. We can go on to the great patriots of faith that are viewing us. And they were saying, run your race, not sluggishly, not without passion, but with focus, determination, passion, consistency, uh, getting back to the pace, which we knew before Corona, right? That Corona did something to the very spirit of 
servitude and the mission of Christ where we're reluctant. We're kind of just barely moving, but that type of speed is not good enough for the impact that we need. I should have been a rapper. <laughs> you know, the, the scripture said, run with patience. Don't walk, don't trod, but run with patience the race that is set before us. And I'm telling you, Peter and James and John, them set a pattern. Paul uh, set a pattern and a pace that produced signs, wonders, and miracles, impact, transformation. And all of our leadership need to reexamine our pace, our passion. I told all of our leaders uh, a week ago, I said, uh, when we come back and meet in staff meeting, I want, I want to ask you guys, do you feel like you're, you're fully engaged now? Or do you need realignment? Or do you need reassignment or replacement? We have to have a personal revelation on where we are in ministry and family and even in marriage. You know, we have to see whether we need to be realigned. Here's another point I think is relevant to the moment of dealing with realignment. We have to ask ourselves, do we have to course correct? And I think that is very important. Um, course correcting. I mean, really identifying where we deviated. You know, can we be steered back on track towards the desired outcome? You know, in your career, in your giving, in your city, in your marriage, in your church, is there room for course correcting? You, you find yourself drifting off in a new direction or a area by which God has not called you and you need to be brought back into alignment, okay? Course correcting is not a, it's not profanity. <laughs> it's not a curse word. Thanks for tuning in to Legacy Leadership Alliance. We would love to hear from you. Your feedback helps us bring you more of the content you love. Take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Tell us what you love about the show, your favorite episodes, or the leadership lessons that have resonated with you. But don't stop there. The Legacy Leadership Alliance is all about community, about sharing wisdom and inspiring others. So why not share the LAL, a podcast with your friends? Send them your favorite episode or recommend us on social media. Every share helps us reach more people and together we can inspire a new generation of legacy leaders for Christ. Thank you for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. You know, it's just simply, you know, you realizing that I have not been on track. I have not been focused on my particular assignment and now I'm distracted and I'm off in the distance somewhere that is not defined by God. And as senior leaders, especially as pastors, um, we can see the leaders around us when they need the course correct. And we have to be open for that. So let's, let's, let's go over just some things real quickly that I talked about. Okay. We're talking about, again, uh, realignment. And I, we talked about broken trust. Uh, removing complacency and stagnation, and then, of course, course correcting, God helping us to get back on course. And then here's another, and it'll be the fourth one, is that we have to strengthen our dependency on God. Now, that is very significant in realignment. The, the dependency piece, um, you know, really um, 
understanding that he's the one that makes us sufficient. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians, uh, dealing with Paul 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so when we're getting realigned in our leadership, we have to recognize that whatever debilitating, struggling issue that may be there, you, we need to know that the grace of God is sufficient. There's enough grace for the race. And in fact, in your weakness right now, you are made strong by Christ, okay? Because the grace is sufficient. It's enough to give you power to overcome, to win, you know, at the workplace, to win in the ministry. Um, there will be weaknesses that will be there present. However, the grace of God is sufficient. And so it, it really throws the light on the level of dependency that we have in God. Now, I want to say that that is so significant and important, our dependency. Uh, often when I've talked to people about leadership and pastoring and business or whatnot, marriage, um, and they tell me their struggle, and I, in many cases, reply back to them, well, it's going to, this is going to, to demand you to press deeper on God's dependency. When I went through cancer, I had to really tap into another level of dependency in God, the grace. There was a thorn in my flesh. And I'm telling you, the power of God and the necessity of his help came uh, in ways that only he can do it, okay? And every leader being realigned, one of those things is being realigned in a deeper dimension of dependency upon God's help and grace, uh, and it is sufficient enough. Now, he helpeth us in our infirmity, the scripture says, which means he don't come and just take over. He gives us enough necessity, strength, inner uh, determination, come on, grace for the race to not just make it through, but to transcend and win in your leadership where you are. So that strengthening uh, your dependency on God is essential. And then I think also when it comes to realignment is that God would help us to make destiny decisions because destiny decisions are pivotal moments or choices that shaped the course of our life. I was talking to a young lady in our church that is a pharmacist, and, you know, she's got to make a decision going forward uh, in her career field. Do she leave the city? Um, you know, these are, these are destiny decisions. And she said uh, there was a time before that she just moved when the position, the position came through, you know. So whatever state, whatever hospital, that was available and open, she counted it as an opportunity and she moved. But now that she's stronger in the Lord, she's praying about these decisions because these are destiny decisions. It's, Lord, what is your will as opposed of what is the opportunity? Because every opportunity doesn't mean it's God. The scripture says in uh, Hebrews 12 and 2, and most of us know this particular scripture as leaders, looking unto Jesus, right? The author and finisher of our faith. See, I'm looking, I'm fixed 
on Jesus. So my decisions uh, are based upon what I'm fixed on. And the scripture says, for the joy that is set before, before me, and he endured the cross, despising the shame. In him, I live and move and have my being. You know, th these are the scriptures that let you know that every decision that are destined to, I'm not talking about going to the grocery store, you know. And so you got to pray about, should you go to Walmart or Kroger's? I'm, I'm not talking about everyday life situations that you don't need the Holy Ghost to tell you that. It's just common sense. I'm talking about destiny decision, who you're going to marry, uh, your career field, um, your call, your mission. All of those are vital decision making that should come out a pursuit after God's will and pressing deeper, if you understand what I'm saying. And sometimes we get out of alignment that we just start seeking for opportunity as opposed to the mission which God has predestined for us. So that's very important, destiny decision. And then let me give you four, and then I'm going to get out of here, is uh, as we talk about this realignment, um, and I think this is the fifth point, purification and refinement, right? Understanding that in this realignment, there's a process of purity and refinement that the Holy Spirit is after, okay? Hebrews 12 and 11, now the scripture says, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyful, but grievous. <laughs> Nevertheless, after, afterward, it yielded a peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, God allows us to go through chastening where he's correcting us. He's altering. He's bringing us back into alignment. And it doesn't feel pleasurable. Okay? When God is dealing with you about refinement, it, 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 it doesn't feel good. But after, it, it's a profit. Whatever God is doing in you, through, through you, uh, in you, to you, and for you is to profit you. But it doesn't always feel pleasurable, right? But you have to be in the right headspace to go through the process because it will produce um, fruits of righteousness and peace if you just hang in there and let God do what he needs to do in processing you so you can get realigned. Well, listen, my time is up, man. We can talk about this, uh, you know, forever almost. But listen, I love you. And I want you just to stay focused as a leader. Remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse. You go with God and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Leadership Alliance podcast. We invite you to continue to join us at the intersection of religion, education, and the marketplace as we provide synergy and faith toward the future. Follow us on all podcast platforms and subscribe. Contact Sean Cooper at bishopshawn at gmail.com. And remember, it is better to live by principle than to die by impulse.